everyone, this is Des. You are listening to The Wellness Project, and this is episode number 114. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Daphne Wells. Now, I do want to give a bit of a trigger warning here for suicidal ideation, and she talks a bit about being in an abusive relationship, but does not go into details. Daphne shares the journey she's been going through with her healing after experiencing miscarriages and being in an abusive relationship for years. She is still on that healing journey, but she shares with us what's been working for her and the steps that she's been taking to heal. Please help me welcome Daphne. All right, everyone. I am here with Daphne Wells. Daphne, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to get us started. If you could introduce yourself to our listeners today and share your story with your mental health journey. Okay, so I am a purpose and spiritual confidence alchemist. I'm a transformational coach and numerologist from New Zealand. And I didn't always have my life as together as it as I have today, not that we ever do um, have it totally together. I realized some years ago in the midst of a very traumatic relationship that there were days that I believed it would be better if I wasn't even alive so that seemed like the only solution and I realized in that moment that life shouldn't be like that right that that wasn't a healthy place to be and that I actually couldn't do that to my children who were then adults or my aging father who'd already lost my mother and um, I needed to find ways to manage how I was feeling. I chose not to go down the medical route um, having years ago, gosh that would be I don't know about 20 something years earlier, being at the local doctor with my two children After having two children, I'd had two miscarriages. And the doctor took one look at me after he'd seen to whatever I was there for, for my children, and said very grumpily, you've got post-miscarriage depression. Threw me a piece of paper and said, go to the chemist, get these pills and take them. That was his solution. And at that stage, I thought, there's no way I'm going to do what he says when he tells me like that right I would have to say I did go and pick the pills up and felt worse a few days later so stopped taking them so this time around a few years ago there's no way I was going near a doctor I just couldn't relive that trauma so when I was in this dark place a few years ago I was already a trained coach and working as a coach um, in the business arena. So looking at helping women grow their businesses, it was very transactional coaching that I was doing right back then. You know, how you're going to market your business, how you're going to tell people about it and that kind of stuff. So I didn't get into any deep stuff with clients, right? And um, all of a sudden, my personal journey went very deep with my coaches and with really exploring ways that I could heal myself and become whole on the inside or attempt to. You know, I did things like affirmations and journaling and I am blessed 
to live a few minutes walk away from the beach and one of the most freeing things that I did to to get rid of the really bad feelings was go down to the beach walk along the beach and literally scream and shout at the waves at the universe at God at whoever was going to listen to me and just really getting the the hurt and the anger and the all of those negative, horrible feelings, you know, that I was no good and all of that out of my system and really expressing them in a way that, you know, the, the sea is so noisy. And obviously I didn't get too vocal when there were people close to me on the beach. It was very freeing, very liberating, and it allowed me to get a lot of my feelings out. So that was one really key thing for me was getting those feelings out. Another thing that's been really key for me throughout my whole life, really, it goes back to when my children were little. I can't, I'm not sure whether it relates directly to that miscarriage story that I shared earlier. I did discover through the years that playing in the ground, gardening, getting my hands dirty was very, very healing for me just to connect with nature and that getting my hands dirty way, that became something that was hugely powerful for me. And so I really dove into that and got really purposeful about gardening and proactively about, well, you know, there's no reason why I can't grow grow as much food as I can to feed myself and be as self-sufficient as I can. After I had evicted that man from my house, that became, you know, a very positive thing was to know that I could grow as much food as I wanted. Oh, great. Daphne, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's so important for people to hear. Now, when you say that you were struggling with your mental health, can you share some of the emotional and physical symptoms that you were struggling with? I would feel just so sad and bereft and alone and like I couldn't share how I was feeling with anyone. And there was this sense of failure, you know, like it, I shouldn't be feeling like that, hopelessness and just a, like a heaviness about me. And there were days when I, I just couldn't leave my house because the, the thought of somebody speaking to me outside of, you know, a Zoom session with a client, I could handle that. Going out somewhere different and seeing people face to face, that was really really difficult oh yeah definitely I can I can imagine when we're struggling with our mental health it impacts every aspect of our lives so in which way were you seeing your mental health struggles impact your relationships impact your job impact just your your daily living oh well it severely impacted my income because, you know, as I said, I was working as a coach then, so I was relying on, you know, attracting clients. And um, it was no way, I was, I was fine coaching the clients I already had, right? That was, I loved that. I, I love working with clients, so that was the easy part. But attracting new ones was, I didn't even try, if I'm really honest. I just didn't feel like they would have any reason to come to me. So that severely impacted my income. I avoided friends. I avoided family. 
because I didn't want to get into a situation that I couldn't kind of, there was this feeling that I really needed to just isolate to be able to cope. I know that you had mentioned that you felt like you couldn't really share your mental health struggles with any of your loved ones. Was anyone in your life aware that you were struggling? Did anybody realize it or pick it up that something wasn't right? I'd become very adept at hiding my feelings after years of being in an extremely abusive relationship. I learned in that relationship that if I showed my feelings, that then he would see vulnerable points and and be able to treat me worse because he would know how to get, get at me in different ways. So I had become very adept at hiding my feelings. No, no one picked up on it. Okay. And was anyone in your life aware that you were in this abusive relationship? No. <laughs> okay. It sounds really weird. Um, he was the kind of man who was two different people, you know, outside with other people, he would be a very nice person, which was how he'd sucked me in in the first place. He was a, a you know, a compulsive liar. So he could lie his way out of anything and um, make me look and feel crazy. In fact, he even had figured out how he could have me committed, trying to convince me that it was all in my imagination, you know. Gosh, oh. talking about it makes me realise how dark it was and how, how much I've grown and healed. Oh, yeah, it really sounds like it. I mean, when you're in that type of abusive relationship, it can take over your whole life. And like you said, you became isolated and you were struggling with your mental health. That's really, really hard. I'm I'm glad that you're out of that now and able to be with us here today to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's not easy to talk about it, Des, and yet I feel it's important too. Because, you know, if I'd heard me talking years ago when I was in that situation, it would have been helpful to know that somebody else had come out the other end. Oh, absolutely. It's so helpful for people to hear. That's why I'm so glad that you're here today and willing to be open about sharing your story. I think I think it's amazing and shows a lot of strength because it is really scary and hard to talk about these kinds of things. It is, Yeah feel it's important to help others we don't go through things like I believe we don't go through things like that for no reason we can choose whether to stay in that or we can choose to help others as a result of how we learned and grew through it oh that's an amazing perspective that's a really great mindset to have and how long were you in that relationship um was probably about three or four years by the time I realized how bad it was I was a couple of years into it and then it took me a couple of years to navigate my way out and actually get him evict him from the house that I owned <laughs> which is not as easy as it sounds right right it's well it's really hard to leave an abusive relationship and it's really hard to get the person to leave as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's a tough position to be in. And as it, as it pertains to your mental health, do you think that you struggled with your mental health before the relationship? Or do you think your struggles with your mental health stemmed from the abusive relationship? Which one came first, do you think? 
I'm actually not sure, you know, because the doctor years ago, you know, a couple of decades earlier threw me that prescription. I'm not sure whether I had always had a little struggle going on, you know what I mean? And not just kind of managed it. Um, I was raised in the era and in a home where you weren't encouraged to show your feelings. You had to, you know, everything was hunky-dory when you left the house and, you know, sharing how you were feeling was not important. So maybe I had always hidden a sadness. I, I don't really know is the answer. Okay. No, that's understandable. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people do struggle with their mental health, maybe at a lower level and don't realize it until there's some sort of event or something that, um, that made it worse or maybe highlighted it. So I think that, I think that is pretty common. And when you left that abusive relationship, did you start opening up to your loved ones? And if you did start talking to them about the abusive relationship, were they supportive? Were they surprised? They were supportive to a degree, um, although, you know, there was always this, well, you know, you should have known what you were getting into. Why didn't you get out earlier? And, you know, it's very easy for people who've not been involved in a relationship like that to judge because they have no awareness of what it's like to be there. I did, however, find um, friends who were very supportive. And I feel like that's often the case, that, you know, um, outsiders can be more supportive than family in some situations. Yes, sadly, that is true. I know a lot of people do seek out their support from social media because they feel like even strangers on social media are sometimes more supportive than their friends and family. Yes, yeah, and I guess I was I was blessed in a lot of ways and, and I initiated this too, was that just prior to me successfully evicting him from my house I ventured I did a trip overseas um, to to an event with a coach who I'd done some work with and um, then met some amazing people there who who became my core group of support that really got me through that bad bad stage Um, and they knew me in person and so there was that we knew I knew I could trust them and yet they were far enough away that they weren't involved in the day-to-day and I did find that it was easier to open up to them than family you know I will like to be honest I didn't have many friends locally because relationships like that as I said you you end up isolated right that is very common so that's really great that you found that event that you were able to go to it sounds like it was really transformative Oh, it was very much so. Yes, yes, it was. I still have some extremely close friends from there. (laughs) Oh, that's great to hear. Really, really blessing. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And as it relates to your miscarriages, were the people in your life supportive when it came to the miscarriages? Did you did you share with people that you had miscarriages? That was. In that era in New Zealand, you didn't even tell anyone that you had. It was like it was it was um, almost like it was the woman's fault and something to be ashamed of. No one really knew until years later. 
Oh, and that's interesting. You brought that up because in a previous conversation I had on the podcast, we discussed miscarriages as well. And it's so common that women are just taught in our society, not even to mention that they're pregnant until the three month mark, because miscarriages are so common. So we're already taught not to share that you had a miscarriage. You're not even supposed to tell people you're pregnant in case you have a miscarriage. There's no permission given to grieve. Oh, exactly. And it does become sort of this shameful secret almost that you're not supposed to be open about. And I think that I think a lot goes into miscarriage, a lot of different grief, because you're also grieving the whole idea you had of that child's, you know, this whole, this whole future that you had planned. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It's, um, and, and like I was blessed at that time and that I already had two children. I feel like I would have struggled with that more if that was pre having any children. And then I did go on and have two more children. Um, it's sad that we don't acknowledge miscarriage and, and treat it like it. Well, it is a death. We're not given permission and space to grieve it and that that's not accepted in our society. I'd like to think that's changed a little bit over the years, but from what you're sharing with a recent conversation, it may not have. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it does shift. And a few years ago, one of my friends had a miscarriage and she did share it with our friend group. And we were all, I like to think we were all very supportive of her, um, but she she actually did share that. So I think that was nice that we were able to be there for her and help her grieve that, that miscarriage. So I, I hope that it is shifting a bit. And I think just having conversations like this is helping to shift that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I wish I had stepped out of the expected box and shared it because it would have been, would have been easier. Yeah. It's so hard to get, go against what we're taught as a society and kind of be the first person to speak up if nobody in your life has. So I could, I could definitely understand why that would have been really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share at what point you realized that you needed to make a change with your mental health, with leaving that abusive relationship and the steps that you took to heal yourself? So I really started focusing on making sure that I took care of myself each day as in you know what did I need for me did I need to go for a walk did I need to exercise what did I feel like eating you know just that I looked after myself really well that I made time for activities I enjoyed outside of work and along the way through the years I have learned a raft of other skills you know as I shared earlier affirmations journaling forgiveness um forgiveness has been huge for me I don't know if you know Ho'oponopono no the Hawaiian forgiveness um ritual which is I'm sorry please forgive me thank you I love you and you can use that Um, very purposefully you know I'm sorry that I got involved in that situation Um, please forgive me for allowing that to happen and thank you for what I learned or that I'm stronger or that I'm out of it and then affirming that you love yourself 
Um, and that for me was a whole different twist on the forgiveness that we were taught in church or that I was taught in church as a young person, you know, asking for forgiveness like I'd done something wrong. This was really me forgiving myself for allowing those things to happen to me. And I would have to say there were hours when in my mind, I would be going through the tasks I needed to do. And in my mind, I would be going through those four phrases, even if I wasn't thinking about what I was forgiving myself for. And that was incredibly healing. The other things that I found really powerful have been getting to know myself really well and honoring, loving and accepting who I am because we are judged by society for being different, for being, you you know, like, because we are all different and yet, yet we're kind of judged for our differences and yet they are our greatest gifts in a lot of ways. So I really got to know myself on a really, really deep level and accept and love myself for who I am. Um, numerology was really key in that, really identifying who I am. The other thing that has been really key has been um, mental fitness our brains are wired to go to the negative first and we can proactively using mental fitness exercises rewire our brains so we're more likely to go to the positive aspect of things than the negative and that has been really hugely helpful for me as well Oh, great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think that's going to be really helpful for people to know, as well as you mentioned the journaling and going to the beach, really connecting with nature by gardening and using your hands and those affirmations. I think these are really great things that people can do within their own lives to take steps into that healing journey. Yeah. And I feel like it's really helpful to have positive steps and also to re to reframe self-love so often on commercials and magazines and TV and that we're kind of taught that you know self-love is a day at the spa or going and buying something expensive it's not it's giving yourself space to actually sit down and drink your coffee rather than having it while you're standing at the bench doing other things it's taking that time to go for a walk you know it's those simple things that show that you love yourself and that you trust yourself one actually that's another thing that's been huge for me has been learning to trust myself mm. oh yeah that's so true how how do you recommend somebody trust themselves at especially those that have been in those abusive relationships where they kind of question their decisions their thoughts things like that how do you recommend somebody go about learning to trust themselves more so what I've discovered is that trust and confidence go hand in hand. If I can trust myself to keep that promise to myself, am I going to sit down with my cup of coffee and enjoy it? Or am I going Am I going to go and sit in the sun with it? Or am I going to stand at the bench while I'm doing other things because other people and things are more important than me? Can I trust myself to keep those promises to myself? Because when I can, I build a little block of evidence that I can trust myself. It's like you think of those stone stacks. It's like you've put another stone on the stack. Yes, I can trust myself. 
And if I do something else later, like I make time to have a shower, I put another stone on the stack. Oh, I love that. I love that it's a visualization too, which I think really helps people. And each of those times that you commit to yourself, make a commitment, make a promise to yourself, and then you keep it, you add another stone to your trust pile, your evidence that you can trust yourself. And as you do that, you're also building your confidence. Oh, great. I love that. Those are all really great tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. Do you have any words of encouragement or wisdom that you can share with those that are struggling with their mental health or who are in an abusive relationship or have been in an abusive relationship? Um, One thing I would encourage them to do that I didn't do is find someone to ask for help, even if it is online. You know, Even if you message somebody online who you know works in that area and just say, I need to talk, you know? And doing one thing for yourself each day even if you have to do it in secret. When you're in an abusive relationship, you sometimes do, right? Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing those, Daphne. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I think it's so helpful for people to hear. And your story is such a powerful one of resilience and hope for people. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Hopefully it's helped someone. Oh, I'm sure that it has. And for those that really resonated with this conversation and want to find out more about you, can you share where our listeners can find you? Yeah, so my website is my name, daphnewells.com. That's probably the easiest place to find me. Okay, perfect. And I will share your website, as well as your other links, everyone, I'm going to share her Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn in the show notes. So definitely go check out Daphne. Daphne, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Daphne, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story with us. It's so valuable and I wish you luck on your healing journey. If you liked this episode, I would greatly appreciate you leaving me a review. You can do that either on iTunes or Spotify or both. If you haven't already, make sure you join my Facebook community, get on my email list, and follow me on Instagram, especially now that my episodes are every other week. Those are the best ways to stay in touch with me. Now that my podcast is bi-weekly, I've been putting out a lot more blogs, and I don't want you to miss a thing. It is January 19th, which means we are almost into February already. For the entire month of February, I will be running a self-love workshop. It's going to be a month long. It's in a private Facebook group. I'll be having live events. There's going to be journal prompts, a lot of different activities. I think it's going to be a really great month of self-love. I'm really excited about this. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes as well as getting your free 30-day self-love challenge. When you sign up for the 30-day self-love challenge, you will get a printable PDF with 30 different activities that you can complete throughout the month of February. And as we know, the month of February this year is only 28 days, so you get two bonus activities. Make sure you sign up for that. The link is in the show notes. And you could get started on your self-love journey throughout the month of February. And again, if you want to deep dive into self-love, definitely join my month-long event. And we will be going over the self-love challenge each day in that private Facebook group. 
I can't wait to see you there. I hope you are doing well, and I will see you in two weeks with another amazing guest. 